Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, what is Juneteenth and why is it a big deal? Jerome Gray of Findlay's Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center discusses the significance and the relevance of our newest federal holiday. Also, in honor of Juneteenth, or what is sometimes called Freedom Day, we take a closer look at WalletHub's latest study on racial economic equality, a state-by-state analysis identifying areas of success and areas for improvement. And summer officially gets underway this week. The multi-billion dollar travel and tourism business is back in a big way. The Wave Awards celebrate the best of the cruise industry. It's a triumphant return after having been literally dry docked during the pandemic. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, June 19th, 2023. Do you have Juneteenth off? I Again, it's now a federal holiday, but it's one of those that not everybody gets off. It's sort of like uh, Columbus Day or President's Day. You know, no mail today, no stock market. Um, and banks will be closed. Most, I think most banks will be closed. Uh, things like that. But a lot of us still have to uh, go to work. But nonetheless, it is uh, Juneteenth. Also... It is World Sauntering Day today, National Martini Day, the <laughs> the National uh, National Garfield the Cat Day. <laughs> so, all right, National Watch Day and National Eat an Oreo Day, which I think we can all get behind that. There you go, reasons to uh, to celebrate today. Aside from Juneteenth, the big event. Coming up this week is the official beginning of summer, which arrives on Wednesday at 10.57 a.m. Summer officially arrives. Now, most of us have been in summer mode for quite some time now, but officially the summer solstice will occur. And then, of course, right around the corner, we've got uh, 4th of July. So summer really into full swing gets underway officially this week. By the way, speaking of Independence Day, Airbnb took a look at where people are headed for Independence Day in 2023. And for the Independence Day weekend, which by the way, I are you considering Independence Day weekend the weekend before Independence Day? Because it's on a Tuesday this year. So I would guess Independence Day for most folks is going to be the week before as opposed to the week after. Or you could do both. But anyway. I digress. Airbnb took a look at where people are headed for Independence Day weekend in 2023, and uh, some interesting trends emerged. Uh, First of all, we just want to get away. Uh, According to their data, searches for stays uh, around the 4th of July saw a significant jump this year as compared to last. And uh, family bookings are the largest share of overall nights reserved for the July 4th holiday period. So we're getting away with our family. This It, it does seem like you know, 4th of July is sort of like a, a family holiday. Um, let's see. Um, some of the more popular categories searched and places booked within them for the holiday. Amazing pools, rare finds, and as you might imagine, lake and beach. So those are the kinds of getaways that we're looking for for the 4th of July. But as far as specifics as to where people are headed, this is kind of interesting. Um, Greece, 
Italy, and domestically, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Louisville, Kentucky are among the top destinations on Airbnb. (laughs) Why Cincinnati and Louisville? I have no idea. And why you would want to go to someplace like Greece or Italy to celebrate the 4th of July, uh, I have no idea. It seems like Independence Day should be a a holiday where you travel. If you're going to travel, you do so domestically. Doesn't that seem like that should be... Anyway, uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and Lamberton, Minnesota. Also big travel spots, according to Airbnb. And uh, in those cases, they say it's the fact that those destinations are affordable with uh, rooms being snapped up for as little as $67 per night. So, anyway, some of the places we're heading. You know, here's the thing on uh, 4th of July which I don't want to get too deep into 4th of July. We're jumping ahead a little bit. We're not even there yet, but it uh, won't be for a couple of weeks. But since we're on the subject, do you go to uh, fireworks displays? I find the older that I get, the more likely I am to just stay home and watch the fireworks on TV. <laughs> As opposed to actually going and fighting the crowds in person. And of course, these days... I, I always thought it was crazy when my grandparents would do that. When I was little, my grandparents would say, I'm not going out to see the fireworks. I'll just watch them on TV. And I thought, that's just nuts uh, because it's just not the same, which is true. Although uh, these days with high definition, big screen TVs, it's a little more realistic. And you've got, you know, your sophisticated surround sound systems. And so you can crank it up and have the uh, <laughs> rockets red glare full audio experience, the big chest-pounding booms and all of that, uh, just like you could there, but without all of the crowds. Um, this is kind of interesting. I saw this on the uh, on the Newswire. According to a uh, new survey, they uh, looked at the quality of TV sets on the market now, and um, they found that once you pass a certain price point, you're basically throwing money away in terms of the quality of the TV that you buy. Uh, Pricey TVs, I mean the ultra-pricey TVs, are really no better than the cheaper ones. Uh, TV models priced at $1,300 and over don't actually provide much additional value in terms of picture quality or features or anything like that. So that seems to be the sweet spot. Um, They analyzed 262 popular TV models available at Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, and Target, and they found $1,300 is kind of the sweet spot. So if you're looking at a TV that's more expensive than that, uh, it's not. It's not any better. It's just more expensive. So just something worth noting. Some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the uh, morning to get your day started. Uh, This was an interesting report out of the New York Times. Definitely one of those things that make you go, hmm. In New York, there are a couple of one-bedroom apartments. This is actually in Brooklyn, in the uh, Brooklyn borough. Two one-bedroom apartments listed by a vegan landlord require tenants to forego cooking meat in order to live there. You have to agree not to. There is a no feet, no meat, no fish policy uh, at these uh, these apartments, and uh, 
the listing appeared with a no no meat, no fish in the building rule initially. However, the uh, landlord is now backing off that a little bit after some pushback, um, saying that the apartments could still accommodate meat eaters. They just can't cook the stuff there. According to the broker for the building, the landlord, the owner of the building, actually lives in one of the apartments and uh, says it's not vegetarian only, but the owner lives in the building and doesn't want the smell of cooking meat drifting upstairs. <laughs> By the way, the apartments rent for, there are two of them available. One goes for 4500 and the other for $5,700 a month. And you can't cook meat. So you have to factor in the cost of eating out if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan. That's crazy, isn't it? That's just wild. But hey, it's their apartment. And so their building, they can do my building, my rules, you know, that kind of thing. So, And this may be the most important item of the day. The most important news you will hear this morning. And that's why we mentioned it right at the start of the program. When I saw this on the Newswire, I said, now this is definitely something that we have to talk about. You know what they say about guys who have big noses, right? Well, apparently it is true. Men with large noses really are well endowed. Researchers at a university in South Korea analyzed the data to discover that men who have a nose of 1.7 inches and let's see here how do i how do i word this well let's do it this way a, a those with a nose of 2.1 inches are well over an inch larger than those with a nose of 1.7 inches So a difference in nose size of about a half an inch translates to more than an inch down there. Additionally, men with large feet were found to have uh, larger, you know, as well. Studies suggest, and this is what makes this really interesting, studies suggest that the increased growth is due to exposure to more testosterone during the prenatal period, which I found to be rather interesting. During the prenatal period, which I guess makes sense if you think about it, but if you are or are not well-endowed, you can thank or blame your mom, apparently. That's <laughs> the way I read that, which is just kind of... Weird, not kind of, that is all kinds of weird, but it's important stuff, nonetheless. I want to make sure that you know all of the important information of the day. I'm not making this up. I found it on the Newswire. This is a legitimate news story because we're all about, <laughs> I want to say the big news, but maybe I shouldn't say it uh, quite that way. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today with a high in the mid-80s, partly cloudy tonight, low around 60.
the youngsters at the Camp 911 Educational Safety Camp in Findlay capped off their week of lessons last week with a visit to the smoke trailer. We get low and go. Say it with me. Get low and go. Inspector Eric Wilkins with the Finley Fire Department teaching the kids some key phrases like get low and go and get out, stay out. Camp 911 is for kids entering kindergarten in Hancock County and around 175 participated this year. See video of the smoke trailer lesson with the story on our website. After severe weather tore through northwest Ohio last week, dropping some damaging tornadoes, experts say now's the time to make sure you're ready for the next big storm. AAA has some tips in the case of a power outage. Never run generators in a closed space. You could end up with carbon monoxide poisoning. Don't open your fridge or freezer doors. Your food will spoil faster. Unplug sensitive electronics like TVs and computers to avoid potential surge damage. And finally, have a plan for you and your family in case of an outage. That includes having charged phones emergency contacts, a meeting point, and plans for different scenarios. WTOL 11's Kaylee Marintet reporting. The Special Olympics Law Enforcement Torch Run was held in Findlay. Melanie Williams, Special Olympics Coordinator for Blanchard Valley Center, says it's a big deal for their athletes. For these runners, it means, it means the world to them. I mean, they run from the fairgrounds in. They practice weekly to, um, to train for this. She says Hancock County will have more than 30 athletes participating in the Special Olympics Ohio Summer Games later this week in Columbus. See video from the Torch Run with this story on our website. Blanchard Valley Health System will be offering a Dementia Friends training informational session for members of the community in July and August. The informational session will give participants an understanding of dementia and the small things they can do to make a difference in the lives of people affected. BVHS says the goal is to create a more dementia-inclusive community. Get more details on this dementia training informational session with this story on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So we were mentioning earlier, today is Juneteenth, also known as Emancipation Day or Freedom Day. It is our newest federal holiday. And joining us this morning to talk about the significance of Juneteenth and the relevance of it today, Jerome Gray, Finley's Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center. You are actually having a, a big Juneteenth celebration at the library uh, later today, right? Yes. Yes, we are. Good. Um, it will start at 2 p.m. this afternoon and run till 7 p.m. So a, and l- we've got a lot of things got going a on. Event. Yeah. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. So, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I want to get back to some of the schedule uh, on this and, and give folks the details because we encourage uh, everybody to stop by this afternoon. It's going to be great weather for it. It's going to be a, a wonderful celebration. This has long been Juneteenth an observance uh, of significance within the African-American community. Talk a little bit about uh, why this is so significant. Well, it's the longest celebration that signifies the ending of slavery in America. You know, uh, President Lincoln passed the Emancipation Proclamation uh, in in 1862, but the war didn't end until 1865. 
And then the way the word got around about that was the slaves started following the federal troops as they went throughout the South, liberating each individual city. And Texas was the furthest slaveholding state in the Union at that time. So the word didn't get to them until June 19th of 1865. So more than two, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation itself, this was the law of the land, but obviously uh, the slave owners in the South had very little motivation to actually spread the news. You know, news didn't spread uh, the way it does today, obviously. Uh, and And really that significance of the the slave owners defying the law deliberately to hold on to their quote unquote property um really speaks to the black experience in the US uh yes because in reality that hold by the the slaveholders and their their families continued all the way up until in a way, all the way up until the 50s and the 60s with the Jim Crow law and the sharecropping yeah. uh, system that they set up that actually put people right back on plantations that they were liberated from. Well, and, and that really speaks to the relevance of uh, Juneteenth or Freedom Day. Um, even in today's environment, again, it, it's really easy to say, oh, this was a hundred and 50 years ago plus now um yes it's it's worthy of of observing and and celebrating but is this you know what's the relevance today it is still very much relevant today yes it's relevant today because at times we we don't want to admit it but the effects of slavery still have hold on America. And as I've said to you in our discussions before, mm-hmm. as a nation, we suffer from the PTSD of slavery, no matter which side of the event you were on. And as we see things continue to happen in America, we see the impact that slavery still has today. If nothing, at you look at the difference in the wealth gap between yeah. the black family and a white family. Right. And it's extensive and it stems from that effect. It is. I, I a friend of mine uh, pointed this out uh, the other day. I thought this was a, a really uh, good way of putting it. Uh, certainly, uh, we have freedom for uh, all races now. All African Americans are, but freedom does not equal equity and equality. And that's really where we are today in the battle that is still being fought today. It's not the freedom so much as what freedom means. Yes. It's hard to overcome those economic conditions. It it, it truly is. And unless you live in a manner today that is unhealthy, so to speak, you really don't want to know that effect. We're, we're shielded from it. Yeah. Um, And again, it, it, worth pointing out that uh it's not at least and you can speak to this um because again this is something that's been pointed out and i think it's uh, uh worthy uh to discuss for a moment here it's not so much uh, racial 
uh, uh, racial group in and of itself that causes the inequity that we are talking about. It is the poverty, but poverty is much more likely to be experienced by minorities than it is by uh, those of us uh, who are who are not white males uh, in this country are much less likely to be thrust into the kind of poverty that that leads to this inequity uh, that we're uh, that we're still fighting. Yeah, but there are white people that suffer too. Don't get that. T- oh, sure. Don't get that. Sure. Grip. Sure. Because you know. Uh, Poverty respects no zip code. Mm-hmm. If you're poor, you're poor. Right, right. And that's a function of where you're living and how you're living. And they say that a newborn's area code dictates yeah. more in their life than their family surroundings does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, big uh, observance, uh, celebration of Juneteenth at the Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center. Because, again, as you and I have talked before, the biggest part of, uh, of breaking down these barriers is understanding and opening one's hearts and minds to the experience of, uh, of others. And you've got a full schedule of events and uh, entertainment and, and all of that going on at the uh, library. Give us some of the highlights here. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a bouncy house for the kids, uh, <laughs> games, a story hour will be held. Uh, inside the building, um, we'll have a DJ that'll be orchestrating orchestrating everything, mm-hmm. and we'll have a live musical lineup that'll start at two o'clock, and it'll culminate at six o'clock with four comedians that we'll have that'll take the stage at that point in time. Um, musical lineup, spoken word, and poetry readings throughout the day. Praise dancers, drummers. Uh, we'll have a food truck outside. We'll have soul food that will start in the afternoon that you can purchase on the inside and come back out and eat. Uh, the Hancock Public Health Mobile will be there, and we'll have booths set up from several nonprofits with Hope House being one of them. Hope House and Focus are the two that I think will be there. It's going to be a, a terrific event, and at admission itself, and obviously, as you said, you've got food, you've got concessions uh, that are available for purchase, but uh, admission to the event itself is free, right? Yes. Yes, it is. And we'll have, some, we'll have some tickets and tokens to be sold for the kids for the things that they consume. We found out last year, if you don't put a, a limit on those, they'll eat like 16 <laughs> snow cones. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, There is uh, more information about the Juneteenth Freedom Day celebration of the Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center uh, at the uh, Facebook page. At your Facebook page, we have that linked up at goodmornings.net. If folks want to check that out, uh, we've got it uh, linked up at goodmornings.net. And uh, Jerome Gray, again, to the uh, Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center with us this morning. Jerome, thanks for the update. Uh, Look forward to a great crowd and a great event. uh, And happy Juneteenth to you. Thank you, Chris, to you as well. So with today being Juneteenth, I thought we'd take a closer look this morning at a new study just released by WalletHub examining the state of racial economic equality in America. It is a state-by-state analysis of 
where real progress has been made and where there are still significant disparities. And WalletHub's Jill Gonzalez joins us this morning. Jill, just to demonstrate the fact that uh, these inequities still exist, you look at the unemployment rate at, uh, in the U.S., I think it's 3.7% overall, 3.3% for whites, but 5.6% for blacks. So a 40% difference. The number may sound small, but it is a significant disparity. Exactly, yeah. And this has been you know, something that we've seen for years. Yes, it's gotten better, but there's a lot of improvement to still be had. So in this study, you analyzed data across eight key metrics, which were what? 18 different metrics. Uh, we're looking at the difference between essentially white and black Americans in areas like annual income, unemployment rate, as you said, home ownership rate. Uh, so looking at essentially the difference and that gap between all of those different things. And what jumped out at you the most in this analysis? We talked about the unemployment rate, but we also found that only about 7% of managerial positions, 5% of senior positions belong to Black Americans. So, you know, we, we talked about some things that might seem more obvious, but even when we are looking at Black people that are employed, there's still differences just in the employment itself. So that, I think, goes to show just how much further we have to go. One of the things that surprised me uh, in, in the ranking of states top, uh, top to bottom is the number of reliably blue states that landed at or near the bottom of the list. You've got Minnesota, Michigan, uh, Illinois, D.C., all in the bottom 10. These are states that uh, pride themselves, present themselves and pride themselves uh, for their progressive policies where equity is a priority, and yet the data shows something different. Yeah, that was really interesting here. So, you know, even looking at things like the labor force participation rate, you know, we're seeing huge gaps in blue states there, uh, you know, huge gaps in income as well. So even if those states are more diverse, just when we're looking at the numbers, when we're looking at economics, that's where they still have a, you know, a long way to go. And you bring up diversity in terms of the population. We mentioned Illinois, which is actually last on the list except for D.C. Uh, at, the, uh, at the top of the list for the most racial equality economic, uh, economically is Alaska. They're number one, but Alaska is actually among the states with the smallest population of African Americans overall, and Illinois has one of the largest. So is that just a coincidence or is there something going on there? No, you'll find that, you know, with a lot of these states in the top 10, Alaska ranked number one just for the most racial equality when it comes to its economy. Arizona's up there, New Mexico, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii. These places are not as diverse Mm -hmm. as, you know, a New York, a California that's near the bottom of the ranking. But and that's where we see that there are smaller gaps when we're looking at income, when we're looking at unemployment. Uh, so that's certainly not, you know, something that is, you know, just spur of the moment here. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, having to do with the fact there are less black people there, but they're doing a little bit better for themselves. Yeah. Overall, by the way, and this uh, actually was a bit of an eye-opener, overall, Ohio scores 39th out of 51 states in D.C. 
where are the biggest shortcomings and are there specific policies that could help improve economic equality for African-Americans in our state? Yeah, I mean, Ohio is no outlier. I would say the Midwest did not have a particularly good showing here overall. Hmm. Ohio surrounded by Nebraska, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Michigan, you know, all pretty close to the bottom 10, Iowa and Wisconsin actually in the bottom five. Uh, So, you know, obviously there is a regional trend here. Uh, And when it comes to policies that they could put in place, when it comes to, you know, things that lawmakers can do, you know, there are certainly things like increasing access to affordable housing, that home ownership rates here, education programs that benefit economically disadvantaged uh, communities of color, you know, encouraging entrepreneurship. So there are a lot of you know, programs and policies that could be put in place there. It's interesting because this data really shows these disparities at a time when many uh, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion issues seem to be getting quite a bit of pushback and i know there's a lot of uh political overtones there and but but this really shows that the hard data transcends the political narratives and shows why uh some of these uh types of of issues are significant and and important for these marginalized groups exactly you know this is not looking at you know any opinions. I mean, this is really looking at the numbers. It's quantifiable research and it, the numbers don't lie. I mean, this is a snapshot of what's going on in America. Yeah. We can have these political debates, but the numbers are what they are. Is the, and, and that kind of leads to the question, is this a case of we're making progress, but we're just not there yet? Or is this a persistent problem because we're burying our heads in the stand in the sand. I think that you know progress has been made, but you know this isn't something that's necessarily getting better year after year. I think that this, you know, we saw some jumps, and now it's pretty stagnant. Like right now, the median white person in their early thirties has about thirty thousand dollars more wealth than the median black person in the same age. When we look at someone in their fifties, that gap increases to $250,000. So it's not like this is getting better year after year. You know, this is a real problem that is systemic. And, you know, we saw, again, a a period of change that I think now has become stagnant again. Yeah. Uh, And and just, uh, again, look at Ohio's numbers. We said 39th out of uh, 51 total. What I really thought was interesting is as you look down to the breakdown of, uh, you know, the bottom five, the top five, bottom five uh, across all of these individual metrics. I didn't see Ohio in the bottom five of any individual metric. And yet we are uh, in uh, among the lowest overall, which kind of tells me that we're not really doing well. We're not the worst anywhere, but we're not doing really well anywhere either. Exactly. I mean, we looked at all 50 states in D.C. and Ohio ranked 39. So is it in the bottom 10? No. Is it very close? Yes. And again, we said it's not an outlier. Uh, that's not yeah. different for a lot of Midwestern states, but you know, the region as a whole is not doing great. 
it really, I think, uh, should uh, should jumpstart a little uh, soul searching uh, for what we are doing and what we could be doing to bridge those gaps. Um, again, Wallet Hub's Jill Gonzalez with us this morning uh, on this uh, new, just released uh, study examining the state of racial economic equality in America. And you have all of this data linked up on your website, right? Yes, to see exactly where Ohio ranks, where its neighboring state ranks, even go to WalletHub.com. And this is a 2023 study on the states with economies with the most racial equality. Jill Gonzalez, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Anytime. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. We have a, a couple of nominees for the award of Dumb Criminal of the Day today. Uh... This is the way to start off your week. This is the way to, an Oklahoma convenience store clerk is facing embezzlement charges after reportedly asking a friend to find someone to rob his store where where he worked so that he could go home early. <laughs> Brilliant plan. Brilliant plan. Uh, according to police in Tulsa, Isaiah Jones told officers that a man walked into the store on June 5th and handed him a note. Didn't brandish a weapon, just handed a note uh, that said, give me all your money or I will shoot you. Uh, Mr. Jones complied and the suspect left with the cash. Come to find out after an investigation that the person who robbed the store was put, uh, put up to it by a friend of Mr. Jones who had asked him to either do it himself or find someone to rob the store because he wanted to go home early. (laughs) The whole plot quickly unraveled uh, when police questioned the individuals involved. Um, The cops did not say how much the individual stole or whether it was recovered, but... (laughs) Everybody in a whole lot of trouble. And I'm guessing he doesn't have to worry about leaving early anymore. He's uh, permanently uh, off the job. Not to be outdone. In a wild attempt to get back at her ex-boyfriend, a flight attendant from Argentina went to some extreme lengths by orchestrating a bomb threat. Now, this happened back in late May when a voice message sent to an airline worker claimed that there were explosives on board a Miami-bound flight. Chaos ensued as the 270 passengers and crew were swiftly evacuated, causing the airline to lose a hefty sum, like a million dollars they lost on this uh, whole thing, as they had to cancel the flight, they had to rebook all of the other passengers... They had to do the bomb search. The whole thing turned out to be a cunning hoax masterminded by a jealous flight attendant by the name of Daniela Carbone. She wanted to prevent her ex-boyfriend from flying to Miami with his new girlfriend. (laughs) So you don't want your ex-boyfriend to fly off with with uh, with his new flame? What else can you do but phone in a bomb threat? Uh, Ms. Carboni's plan unraveled when she was arrested upon her return to Argentina after two weeks of silence, refusing to speak to authorities. 
She was charged with aggravated duress, public intimidation, and obstruction of public service. Uh, The revenge not only resulted in potential prison time for the flight attendant, but also her termination from the airline. And I would guess is probably not going to do anything for getting back together with her ex-boyfriend. I guess that's probably not going to (laughs) help. Elsewhere in the broken news. Now this, how would you like, uh, a few days ago we had some hail with those thunderstorms that uh, uh, rumbled through, but how would you like to have this happen to you? In Pennsylvania, Jesse Gonzalez says he was uh, at his home in Elkins Park on Thursday when he heard a loud noise happen just after noon. He said, I came downstairs and there were chunks of ice all over the yard. Uh, One chunk of ice even embedded in the ground. Um, I was like, okay, that obviously came from the sky at some point. This mysterious chunk of ice fell from the sky and uh, hit his house. He tells local reporters he soon discovered the ice ice chunk had dented his gutters as well. Um... He said, when I looked at it, it made sense it would come down so fast and the damage that it would cause by the size of it. The biggest piece barely missed the roof. Fortunately, his dogs were okay. They were actually in the lawn when all of this happened. Uh, But here's the crazy part. The temperature was 82 degrees and no storms in the area. He figures the chunk of ice had to have fallen from a passing airplane. That uh, that's crazy. Damaged his home and left a crater in his yard. Man. Uh, let's see. Did you hear about this? Toyota engineers at Toyota, the auto uh, auto manufacturer, are working on elect an electric car with a fake manual transmission. Now here's the thing: electric vehicles don't have gears. They don't have gear boxes. And thus, the idea of a manually uh, a manual uh, stick shift in an electric vehicle is just not a thing. But the engineers at Toyota say say that they are installing a stick shift in this new electric vehicle that will serve no purpose and would just be for people who like shifting gears for fun. The driver will be able to experience the shake and buck feeling if they select the wrong gear, but it won't blow up their car. Um, Engineers say the car's computer will limit how far the shaking will go to avoid damage to the battery. Toyota has not announced when the fake shifting electric car will hit the market. I think the only thing that I am less likely to buy than an electric vehicle is an electric vehicle with a fake manual transmission. You know, just why? Why? That's what I wonder. And a couple of other uh, stories in the uh, broken news here this morning. A really wild event at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City on Saturday. Apparently, people thought that they heard gunshots at the Met. Witnesses described the panic on social media, recalling how crowds took cover uh, to escape the perceived threat everybody started running the cause at it as it turns out 
was uh, somebody in a wheelchair blew a tire. <laughs> somebody in a wheelchair blew a tire. Now that's something that doesn't happen every day. I didn't even realize that uh, wheelchair tires uh, had air in them. I just thought they were solid rubber. Kind of interesting. Uh, according to a spokesperson for the Met, the museum's security staff quickly confirmed the nature of the disruption and confirmed that uh, everyone was safe and unharmed. Uh, the museum did not have to close because of the incident or anything like that. So good news there. And lastly, in the broken news, how about a good news story? How about something that'll leave you with a smile? We need that on a Monday. A delightful surprise awaited Tim and Melinda O'Brien as they revisited their wedding album. Uh, with their 40th anniversary on the horizon, they were feeling a little nostalgic, so they pulled out their old uh, wedding photo album and tucked in between the pages was a gift certificate for the renowned Merlebach Hotel in Kansas City. Uh, in, in Kansas City. Um, it was 40 years old. They got it, apparently, on their honeymoon. That's where they spent their honeymoon. And at the end of their honeymoon, uh, the hotel had gifted them a, a gift certificate for a, for a future stay. And they stuck it in their wedding photo album and promptly forgot about it. Tim wondered if the hotel would still honor the gift certificate. And so he called the hotel and they happily agreed to honor, to honor the vintage voucher. The golden ticket allowed the couple to stay at the same price they had paid on their wedding night 40 years ago, just $38. $38. The O'Briens say they are ready to relive the magic by redeeming their long-lost certificate. That is, that is awesome. <laughs> there you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did you know more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection? AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping Americans safe in dangerous times. This is News Director Matt Demchek. AM 1330 WFIN is here to serve you, and we take seriously our commitment to our listeners. We would love to hear what you value most about AM radio. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. You know, uh, those uh, who are older probably have experienced this with your uh, parents, certainly with your grandparents. Uh, older folks are a treasure chest of wisdom uh, for anyone who is willing to listen. There are all kinds of great nuggets of wisdom that older folks can share. And apparently these days... Uh, the older generations are sharing their lives online. 25% of seniors believe that their life advice should go viral on social media. <laughs> 63% of that group use social media daily. According to this survey of 2,000 Americans who are 65 and older, 41% also believe that their insights are worthy of a book deal. Um, the most common pearls of wisdom... Uh, according to the survey, be a good person even when it's difficult. Don't spend money beyond your means and learn from the mistakes of others. 
So those are the top pieces, nuggets of advice from seniors in this survey. Uh, Most seniors, 73%, also believe it is never too late in life to find your true love. In fact, one in four admit to have used a dating app themselves. (laughs) Uh, The survey was conducted by one poll on behalf of Comfort Keepers. Also found the top three things that make seniors happy are family, friends, and good weather. (laughs) In that order, family, 71%. 49% said friends. 26% said good weather. (laughs) Things that make them happiest. And by the way, the average age that people in this survey said brought them the most joy in their life, 57. Well, obviously, travel and tourism, a huge business. Get this, uh, travel advisors book billions of dollars uh, in travel each year. And who better to know the best of the best? Uh, They are the ones who cast the ballots for uh, Travel Age West Magazine's Wave Awards, uh, handpicking the best travel companies, destinations, the best ways to get there, travel industry expert, and editor-in-chief of Travel Age West, Kenneth Shapiro, is with us this morning. First of all, uh, what are the WAVE Awards? Kind of give us some background on this. Sure. Uh, so the WAVE Awards are like the Oscars of the travel industry. Every year we ask travel advisors for their favorite picks uh, for you know outstanding destinations, hotels, resorts, cruise lines, and more. This year, we had more than 6,500 votes cast in 76 categories, and it was the most ever in the 18-year history of the awards. Uh, Which just demonstrates how uh, big travel is, especially post-pandemic. We hear about this, and obviously, uh, it it is a a huge industry. So who are the top winners this year? Uh, Well, definitely, cruising is back, uh, and the big winners in that category are Royal Caribbean, uh, which did really well uh, in terms of uh, shows and nightlife, as well as their new ship, Wonder of the Seas. Uh, Another company that did really well uh, is uh, Viking, both ocean and river cruising. Uh, uh, People just love to river cruise, get into the heart of Europe on Mm -hmm. these uh, rivers, see these charming towns, uh, and Viking does a great job with that. Uh, So... What can you glean about uh, some of the, the the latest trends, the places that people are going and how they're getting there, where they're staying, you know, all of these types of trends that we hear about based on what you, the, the feedback and the response you get uh, in the voting for the awards? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, travel is definitely booming. This is going to be another uh, really busy travel season. Some mm-hmm. people think it might be 50% uh, more this summer than last summer, and last summer was busy. Wow. Uh, and uh, the top U.S. destination for the Wave Awards was Hawaii, which is, of course, a great destination for couples and families and just in general. Uh, we're also seeing people go back to some places uh, that were quiet during the pandemic. Japan is really hot, uh, as is Australia. Uh, but the top destinations this summer are going to be uh, Europe, once again, our favorites, uh, Italy, France, and the U.K., uh, but also look for Ireland and Greece to uh, stand out as well. Uh, in terms of where they're staying, the top uh, all-inclusive company at the Wave Awards was Sandals. Uh, they're great for couples, great for groups. They do a great job in the all-inclusive category. And uh, domestically, the top U.S. hotel brand was Marriott. 
Hmm. Interesting. You mentioned uh, all-inclusive, and we've talked about that before, uh, people really uh, opting for that simplistic form of booking travel. You just, you know, here's one thing. It includes everything. You don't have to worry about all of the other, you know, ancillary stuff. Yeah, it's especially good for groups and for families where you don't have to make a ton of decisions. Right. Everybody gets along and uh, it's all right there for whatever you need. You know, the other thing uh, with respect to travel, and we were talking about this uh, a little bit a few days ago, uh, and that is uh, travel insurance and the importance of protecting yourself uh, against all of the things that can come up, especially now. And there have been cer- certainly some high-profile stories uh, in the news about uh, travel plans, flights being canceled, you know, you know, all of these types of things. Is that something that is resonating with consumers? Uh, oh, definitely. I think everybody's realized that travel these days is a really complicated. It's uh, more expensive than ever, and uh, you just really want to protect that investment. And uh, I think you really need to have travel insurance. Uh, this is going to be another summer of flight delays and cancellations, and you want somebody that's uh, watching your back. Uh, at the Wave Awards, the top company for that is uh, Allianz Travel Insurance. They've been the top company for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. They do a great job with their customers, uh, and they're just really uh, great to work with. And it's just so important these days. So many things can go wrong, and they do go wrong. I use travel insurance, and I highly recommend it for everybody I talk to. And uh, along those same lines of making sure that somebody kind of has your back uh, when you're talking about travel, uh, also uh, the trend of people returning to using travel advisors to help them plan, even in an era when we can book hotels and flights and everything ourselves with just a couple of clicks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the personal service and expertise of a travel advisor these days is really invaluable. It's just so great to have somebody who's uh, taking care of you before, during, and after a trip and can really make sure everything goes smoothly, uh, you know, so you have a perfect vacation. It's just great to be able to reach out if something goes wrong and talk to a human being who can help you and uh, help uh, resolve the situation. Yeah. Uh, Again, Kenneth Shapiro is editor-in-chief of uh, Travel Age West, uh, talking about the uh, latest Wave Award winners. You have uh, more information on uh, all of those. You mentioned there are you know literally dozens of categories here. Uh, you've got more information on your website? Yes, that's right. The, the uh, Wave Awards uh, listings will be out in the July 10th issue, as well as on TravelAgeWest.com. Again, Kenneth, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, you've heard a lot of stories in the news about businesses having lots of jobs they can't fill. That means plenty of opportunities for older workers to show that they can still cut it, of course. We have details on this year's Senior Job Fair at 50 North. Plus, we'll tell you what local Boy Scouts are up to this summer. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.